do come and sit down. For those who came in slightly later, I'm on my own this morning. Neil is unwell. He's got a slight temperature. So he thought he better not come with it or you might be upset with him. So he's not here. And we were going to preach together. So we're, I'm just going to do it all. But it's great to have you with you, with us. And, and it's lovely to see you up there, up in the balcony. And just to say, um, at 11.30, we're not having food today, I'm afraid, but we have a coffee cart. Uh, which is going to be outside. So if you want to mingle and talk and see people outside in the coffee cart, but you're going to have to buy your own coffee this morning. So um, so be ready. But it's a great place, and the sun is shining, so it'd be a great time together. I just want to say thank you on on this um, uh, podcast, whatever we call it, to those who are serving in VKids this morning and in youth, for we wouldn't have a church with those who are serving, those on setup and those leading our worship. Oh, Lord, come. Thirty-fourth birthday, and you know this church has done so much. Not just under our leadership, but on John and Ellie's leadership, and we are so thankful for her, for this church, for all the people that have gone through, through this place, who've gone and planted and not planted, who've gone around the world and blessed, who've come and made our connection with us. Lord, we give you thanks this day. We give you thanks for what you have done and what you're going to do. We give you the glory, for you are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Well, it's great to see you all here this morning. And slowly but surely, we are beginning to emerge from COVID as we celebrate our 34th anniversary as a church. We wanted to outline some of the things we have felt the Lord speak to us about over the summer that we believe are to be our focus for this coming season. One of the many things that we have experienced over these past 18 months has been huge, huge disruption. Disruption to our lives, our routines, our ability to see family and friends, to get to work, to get to church, and so many other things without question it's been a season of disruption. From the first time, perhaps ever, many of us have reflected on the things that really matter and on the things that are really important to us. The disruption that has been brought into our lives has resulted in many of us thinking loud and hard, long and hard about the way we work, where we work, and how long we work about the way we do life, the pace of life we've been living up to now, and so many things besides. And then alongside all of that, we've seen disruption across society. From the brutal murder of George Floyd in May 2020, and the significant and important global response to the coup in Myanmar, 
and the recent tragic events in Afghanistan, through to the tragic murder of Sarah Everard in March 2021 and the growth of the Me Too movement. And then last week's shocking report from the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse. To say nothing of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and its findings in the lead up to COP26 later this autumn. The reality is that while we've been battling a global experience, a global pandemic, the dealing with our own personal struggles, the world has kept spinning and along with it, injustice and inequality have continued to flourish and thrive. And so as we've been seeking the Lord over the summer and asking him for his direction on where, as a church, we need to be focusing, our attention and our energy has had, we've had a clear sense the Lord has given us, comes from a verse in Micah 6, verse 8. The Lord God has told us that what is right and what he demands. See that justice is done. Let mercy be your first concern and humbly obey your God. See that justice is done. Let mercy be your first concern and humbly obey your God. And so as we seek to humbly obey God as a church, we want to see that justice is done and that mercy is our first concern. And here in the vineyard, our thinking on this whole subject of justice is of course rooted in the scriptures, where our, which is our plumb line and our yardstick. But we've also been hugely influenced by John Wimper, who started this family of churches called the Vineyard, because he, as we see from the scriptures and as we see from the things we value in the Vineyard, we see that justice is at the very, very heart of the gospel. Jesus' mission is captured in a single vision with two dimensions to it. Jesus' hope for restored humanity envisions well-being for people who are spiritually poor and for people who are socially poor. And in the midst of it all, righteousness and justice mark the events of Jesus' whole ministry on earth. And Jesus famously begins that ministry and announces his mission by quoting a well-known section out of Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And Jesus' focus on this type of justice, justice that he describes is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that Jesus announced, the kingdom of God that Jesus inaugurated, the kingdom of God incarnate in the person of Jesus, and the kingdom of God that reflects the true, true character and the nature of its king, God, creator, and ruler of all. The kingdom of God is a kingdom ruled by a king, who said in Amos 5.24, let, let, 
Justice rolled on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. The kingdom of God is a kingdom ruled by a king who, as it says in Psalm 146, upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. Justice is a hallmark of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is demonstrated in and through the lives of followers of Jesus as they see that justice is done. Let mercy be their first concern and humbly obey God. You see, wherever he went, Jesus was the inaugurated eschatology and or the incarnation of the kingdom of God. And wherever he went, Jesus bestowed God's blessing on those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, on those who hunger and thirst for justice. As he went from town to town preaching, Jesus saw people, as it says in Matthew 9, who were harassed and helpless. Jesus came across endless victims of injustice who were powerless to help themselves. And as we see from places like Matthew 12 in Matthew 11:5, when Jesus himself says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleaned, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus linked his healing ministry with ministry to the poor because he saw both as a bringing of justice During the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, Jesus pronounces God's blessing on those who hunger and thirst for justice. And he draws this connection between the practical demonstration of the kingdom of God and the one, and the one hand and the command to love our neighbours as ourselves on the other by describing our neighbour as anyone in need. And as we know from the parable of the Good Samaritan, that might even be for someone for whom we must cross some significant social or cultural barriers to reach. And in all of this, although Jesus was pretty clear that obedience to him requires, yes, a private righteousness, what he's also saying through stories like the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25 is that real obedience to him also requires our standing up for righteousness in the world in which we find ourselves. You see, Jesus gave his disciples a clear mandate to do as he did, and that includes acting for justice. In Matthew 5.20, Jesus says to the disciples, and indeed to us, I tell you, Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. If we're in relationship with God, and if we're living under the rule and reign of his kingdom, we will seek justice for all those around us. And by the way, justice isn't a new gospel. This isn't some new fad that's hit the church. Rather, it flows directly from the gospel of forgiveness and new life in Christ. And if you look back at church history, time and time again, you'll see the relationship between the good news of the gospel and justice. And so seeking justice and real social concern aren't options for us. These are the marks of true discipleship. 
And so over the next few months, and perhaps even longer, we are giving ourselves as a church to seeing that justice is done. Let mercy be our first concern as we humbly obey God. Because the Christian faith is a vision, not only for individuals, but for society as well, and how we can live well in all our relationships and communities, in a world where many visions for humanity vie for our attention as the church, we believe to be asking how the good news of the gospel of Jesus addresses some of the global, national, and local questions of our age. And more than anyone, we recognize that as a local church, we have a long, long way to go and a lot of work to do to address some of the many injustices experienced by those both in the church, in this church, in our local communities, and we are committed to addressing these issues. And so over this coming year, we want to develop a strategic approach to taking responsibility for, for addressing issues of justice. And so starting with next two weeks, we have the wonderful Tom Creedy giving us an overview of justice and the kingdom of God. And then following that, in the lead up to COPE 26, we are going to hear from five different speakers from the church on how we respond as a church and as individuals for the, to the important issues around climate change and the environment. And then in the run-up to Advent, and again as we start the new year, we are going to have a series of conversations about, around race and racism. And in particular, what does it feel like to be part of Southwest London Vineyard as a black, Asian, or minority ethnic person? How are we proactively practicing and demonstrating our belief in the equality of all peoples and valuing the richness of of richness that comes with racial and ethnic diversity. If we believe that racism is a sin, and if we oppose racism in all its forms, and we are all made in the image of God, fully human, do we have representation of BAME, followers of Jesus, at all level levels within this church? And if not, why not? And what do we need to do about it? What do we need to do about it? And then beyond in the new year, we'll look at things like gender equality in the church and whether people of all genders are able to enjoy the same rights and opportunities in all aspects of their lives and in particular in the church. If we believe that all of humanity is equal, as all of humanity was created and that men and women are equal and both are children of God, is that worked out in practice? What does it feel like to be a woman of faith and an integral part of this church family? As a church, are we male-dominated and male-orientated is a question. And if so, why? And what do we need to do about it? We're going to be looking at global poverty and injustice as we work alongside other organizations to end modern-day slavery, support peace and reconciliation, both locally and across the globe and work for human rights. We'll be looking at family, marriage, and sexuality. If we're committed to working well and supporting the diverse expressions of identity and family in our midst and across our local communities, 
How are we actively demonstrating our commitment to love, to serve, and support all individuals and all families as best we can? irrespective of our own personal beliefs, perspectives, and positions. We'll look at migration and how we build welcoming communi communities in a rapidly changing world. How in practice can we as a local church, in partnership with others, tackle issues of immigration and make a positive difference to refugees and those seeking asylum? We'll look at poverty, welfare, and financial inclusion as we work to end poverty and hunger and problem debt in our community and help to create an, a more just economic system in which all people and all communities can flourish. Life in its fullness. Life in its fullness includes being able to support ourselves and our families and having the chance to develop and use our skills and gifts. Too many lives are held back by poverty and lack of opportunity. And we're sure there are a number of things that will get added into that mix as the focus unfolds. And we just don't want it to be a Sunday morning thing. We want to find ways into our small groups, into the V kids and youth, as we find ways to practically action the good news of Jesus, as we seek, see that justice is done. Let mercy be our first concern and humbly obey God. And so, we recognize that this is a huge, huge undertaking. But it's one we feel compelled by the Lord to tackle. Our sense is that we have been silent on these important areas for far too long. And although it feels a daunting task, we no longer want to be inadvertently, inadvertently complicit, though through any silence. We no longer want to be inadvertently complicit through any such silence. So do join us as we pray, and as a church first and foremost, over this coming season, let us become a people who see that justice is done, who let mercy be our first concern, and who, are, who humbly obey God. Why don't you stand? It's uh, just, just coming up to uh, 25 minutes to 12. I'm just going to pray and just get in a place where you want to receive from the Lord. I'm just going to pray for us all as a church, as the beginning of this new year, that the Lord would breathe upon us afresh, breathe upon you. So come, Holy Spirit. You know exactly, you know exactly what each of us 
have been through the last 18 months and more, Lord. You know exactly what is going on in our personal lives. And you know exactly who we are. And we thank you, Lord. Come and fill us afresh this day. Come and breathe upon the church, not our church, not just our church, every church, every person in, this, in our country, Lord. Come and breathe upon us afresh, Lord, here this morning. Come and speak to us. Awaken. Let us arise in new ways as we start this new year together. Come, and Lord, I pray you would restore what needs to be restored this morning. Come and meet the needs, what needs healing this morning, that there be healing. Come and bless the youth as they're outside for the first time as a new group with what they are all going through and what they're doing in their lives, Lord. Come to our people in kids, our kids, Lord, and bless them this morning and our worship teams and all the different teams we have. Come and fill us afresh, Lord, that we would walk with you and talk with you like never before. And Lord, I pray that you would lift our eyes to seek you first. And I pray that those things that have been so complicated and so hard to deal with this last 18 months, I pray for peace and resolution and resurrection in one, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. We ask this in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Do sit down. Well, that's going to be, that's the end of the morning service. We're not going to do any more worship right now, but do make your way out if you want coffee and to chat with people.